0: Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, Little Bird Mama here and CEO at Little Bird Marketing, and it is my pleasure to always be introducing amazing new people to you, amazing new pieces of just like little morsels, food for thought, um, anything to make you stop your patterns and say, wait a minute, I hadn't thought about it like that. So today is absolutely going to be one of those days. Debbie and Andrew, you guys are colleagues, you guys are friends, this is going to be super Fun so before I do the the you know the the official introduction just welcome to the ponderings from the purchase really really nice to have you
1: on wonderful to be here
2: wonderful it's great way to for me to start the morning
0: <laughs> I love it and you know. Friend. It, it, we, we actually just had met up a couple of months ago. We were just talking about it um, off, you know, off camera about how it, time flies, but we actually got to be face-to-face just re- recently. And so we're going to talk a lot about joy today, but I have to tell you that face-to-face, nothing, nothing beats being able to be in person, you know, to really connect, to touch, even to hug people when you're leaving. It's just, you know, we, I know we've all been missing it. And so that's really kind of the, the groundwork, or maybe I guess the way we call the super swimming. And right now we all feel a little bit desperate for that connection, but that's why I thought it was so important to have you guys come on and talk about this amazing work you're doing. So let me tell you who I have with me today. It is uh, Debbie Schlesinger-Hellman, and she has a background in coaching and mentoring and building systems and teams, um, especially with that focus really on the people and how do I bring new learnings and how do I um, bring more joy to the team But through the individual. So that's really her her lens that she sees the world um, through and you're going to discover just how passionate she is about people finding uh, their own way their own way and carving out their own way for a more joy filled life and she is um, just sold out to this, the art and science of joy. And we're we're going to talk a lot. That's the whole topic today. So it's going to be super fun. But the other guest I have with me is Andrew Cannon. Andrew and I are conference buddies. Um, And you know, when you know people for years and years over conferences, there's this this inflection point when you become friends and you know it and you're like, okay, this human to human, we're here. So I'm there with, with Andrew and it's been just such a delight to share meals even before COVID with you. But Andrew has spent his career, building very much a deep understanding of people's values and their attitudes and their behaviors in order to help businesses make better decisions. And I think a lot of us within the insights and marketing world can completely understand that, but he has a different personal story too, about, you know, his thought leadership in insights has really been around Trying to get people to collaborate in a way to create a better environment, a better industry. But now, over the past few years, he's used this knowledge and the research skills to really dive deeply into the art and science of joy. And so this journey has brought him a lot of lessons about leadership. And as he's reflected on so many leadership positions, he's had, I love having conversations with him about his own personal story. I'd I'd love for him to be able to tell that to you directly, but I'm telling you, if you meet up with Debbie or Andrew, when you're at an event this year, take the time, have a solid human connection with them. They're so right at the surface willing to really talk with you about things that are important. So Debbie and Andrew, this is going to be really fun. (laughs) All right, let's start with you, Andrew. So Tell me a little bit about your own before I, you know, I've got lots of questions for you all, but I want to hear a little bit about your own experience coming into this and why you and Debbie chose to do this together. And then Debbie, you, you take on that, you, may, you know, however you guys want to back and forth that let's kind of set the stage about what this is that you're doing. And then I'll ask all kinds of questions because I'm so curious and I've so already enjoyed part of this process that you, you offer too.
1: Thank you so much, Priscilla, for that, that wonderful introduction and looking forward to, to seeing you at another conference hopefully soon
0: yeah
1: um, yeah I mean I mean it's interesting the, the sort of the story and I could as you know talk about this for hours but I sort of boil it down to a to a few seconds really but you know I was a I was a joyful child um I even remember being bullied for, for smiling as a kid um and then all of a sudden I grew up and In that rush to grow up and be a successful business person, I somehow lost my joy, I suppose a bit like Peter Pan losing his shadow um, in a way. And I I went for many years just focusing on career and trying to hustle and move ahead. And, And whilst that was all very well, at the same time, I found myself, you know, sort of sinking emotionally as I was rising Um, career-wise, and and sort of reached an abyss, I suppose, in my late 40s, where really ended up quite depressed, both on a personal and professional level at that time, until one morning going to work, tying my shoes, I glanced in the mirror and saw my father instead of myself and thought, my goodness, I'm not in my 70s, I'm only in my 40s, why do I look like I'm in my 70s? Um, And that really shook me into... wanting to change and I went sort of on a personal um, journey both within without to to find myself and to to find my purpose And, and a long story which I'll share happily with anybody over a glass of tea coffee or something stronger at a conference perhaps but you know I found found my joy and since then you know it really has been a journey of how I can make that into my purpose and sort of last year, maybe even a little bit before, about a year and a half, time does fly as we talked about. Um, I was working on a separate project around joy and Debbie got involved in that. And and we started talking, we found we had this common thread of joy. And as fate would have it, we had the opportunity last summer to, to actually take a break and to think about, okay, what would we do? How would we want to do this together? And that's the beginning of the story. Perhaps then Debbie can chime in and take it from there.
2: Thanks, Andrew. Um, I have a, a little bit of a different story, but very connected to what Andrew's saying. I, I am one of those fortunate people who has been very joyful for most of my life, but in the business world and and my personal life, I have found many people who were missing that joy, just like Andrew. For a variety of reasons, might have been circumstantial, might have been how they were born, frankly. Um, And I I thought to myself, if we could just turn that around a little bit and help people find some joy in their life or, or help them find how to find joy in their life, wouldn't that make this world just a better place to be in? And I am all about having a purpose being here. I think everyone is all about having some sort of a purpose. And my purpose is how do I take what I've learned or used over the last 40 years in business and um, help other people through business, but personally, find some joy in their life? Andrew and I have known each other for years, but this collaboration over the last couple years, um, first with the other um, initiative we were working on and then to this one, has actually showed me that as joyful as I thought I was, there's always room to be more joy-filled. And that is probably the one big uh aha that I would love to share with everyone else is that regardless where you are today, tomorrow and the tomorrow after that could be even better.
0: Well, you say that and and we, we're coming through still in the middle of the COVID years, you know, oh, I hope it's not the middle actually, but it, they are COVID years and we know that and that's very hard. And I think as we look around to each other, the reality is, is that everybody has gone through a trauma and everybody's story is maybe a little bit different, but life was already, you know, difficult for some to really muster up joy. And then now we've been through this collective, um, you know, difficult um, time and some of us aren't getting out of it um, as unscathed as others are. And so there is this wonderful, hopefully what will stick around is a little bit more of a blending in the professional work of being able to see that humanity. Um, and, and you know, we want some of these things to stick, <laughs> you know, how we we have been able to m- maybe through difficulty be able to see each other as more human. But this is the, if you put it that way, the the, the stew we're, we're, we're sort sw- swimming in right now, that there are so many people right now really having a lot of difficulty. So what would you two say about that? Like in the midst of really a collective trauma, where does joy have a place and why is it so important right now?
2: Couldn't agree with you more. This is the best time for us to really dive deep into this. Um, The challenges that so many of us, no matter where we sit and what is going on in our lives, there are challenges You could be sitting in a very pretty place. There are still challenges. Just being isolated or semi-isolated for a couple of years could really bring you down. Um, So I think this is the perfect time for us to dive deep into the research that we did to come up with ways, tips and tricks, as we call it, uh, tools to use to help move forward in a more joy-filled life, a more rich, full life doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. That's never going to happen. But how do we manage what's in front of us and continue to keep our joy is really the bigger lesson. Um, I I think that companies need to, and I know they are, uh, most of them are working towards looking for ways to enhance their teams, their employees' experience. We talk about this work-life balance, which I don't agree with. I don't think there is a work-life balance. I think there is life. Work is part of life. It's an integration. So how do we integrate joy just as well into our life, just like we integrate work.
0: Yeah. And I know that you guys have a lot of like you talk, like, helpful tips and tricks and things like that. Let's get into that minute. But because of the background in and research, Andrew, why don't you share a little bit about what you did find? Why why is what, Debbie, what you're saying is like, it's so important right now. And so many people are really trying to put it together and trying to implement what they're learning. But what did you find when you went out and uh, about the current state of people, you know, uh, of, of humans on this planet? What What, what did you see?
1: All right. That's very interesting. I, I think I'll take you one step back to say, yes, we've done our own research, but we've also looked a lot of the, the research out there um, that's been done you know, by academics and so forth into these issues. And you really have to take yourself back to 9-11 um, to sort of start unraveling this and to find out at that point, this inflection point when fear became the norm. Um, in America in particular, but obviously throughout the world, um, this rise of consciousness of fear um, actually, you know, grew exponentially at that point. And since then, there's been a number of different crises that have hit us, you know, financial crisis and, and so terrorism, the war, whole war on terrorism. And and I sort of compare it to being like in a boxing match with Muhammad Ali or uh, Mike Tyson or somebody and, and the, there you would be physically knocked down, but we're being knocked down with fear and uncertainty. You know, we just get up uh, and then it's COVID and we get up and it's the Ukraine war, war in Ukraine. And, you know, and it, it's like a constant barrage of fear, of uncertainty, of anxiety.
0: I'm going to say it's a lot more like being with Mike Tyson than it is Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali is just going to beat you. But Mike Tyson, you don't know what's coming.
1: <laughs> you might should bite be very, very off, afraid. Yes.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: And unfortunately, all this has led to a place where, you know, a lot of people have have anxiety and that either has moved them down a road of depression and withdrawal or it's led them down a road of hate um, and sort of polarisation. And obviously, you know, media and social media are fueling this exponentially today, whereas in 9-11, it was basically only TV, if we remember those days. Um, But now the news is 24-7, it's constant barrage. So with this background, you know, we're finding that in our research, a lot of people obviously have mental health challenges uh, in particular. But they also have challenges related to other aspects of their life, like belonging um, is a big one. You talked about that, um, Priscilla, with the ability to go to a conference and hug somebody. Um, You know, a lot of people for almost two years have not hugged anybody. And, and you know, that's a huge human loss for these people. So our research, when we looked into the what we call the joy barometer, which is sort of a measure of the, the state of the nation on joy, so to speak. And the last one was in January, so we haven't got the war in Ukraine impact on this. Um, so it might be worse, it might not, as we're, you know, coming out of COVID, that might balance things out a bit, I suppose. But the, the main point is, I think, on a, a score out of 100, the the society score was 64. So not drastically bad, but not good either, right? And only one in five had a score of 80 or more um, on that scale, and one in four had 50 or less. And when you look at those people in the 50 or less category, you really see this this lack of self-love, this lack of well-being that they have on physical, so there's a big obesity problem, obviously. So there's a physical problem, there's a mental problem, there's an emotional problem. They're being hit on three layers on this wellbeing, and they're struggling to get up from that. And, and obviously, you know, what we want to do is not only help those people rise up, but obviously wherever you are on that scale, as Debbie said, you have the possibility to, to step up and we sort of have this philosophy or or more a model by which you can do it, this this recipe for a joy-filled life, which helps people look at where they are today and then see where they could move forward to find a bit more joy in their own lives tomorrow.
0: You know, that just makes me it, it does make me sad, but I also think it's really important to just see that truth. I have known, you know, in my own story that a lot of my life, I am a catalyst. I think that would probably be a really good way to describe me. And I do think I catalyze, you know, joy. I, I know that if I take any personality or natural styles or any kind of these tests, you know, but then there's also just choices we've made in life. And, you know, thank God that I have had the ability to make that choice. And I do think it is a great thing. And it's something I've always heard from the two of you too, you know, there's one thing to bark at people that they should be full of joy. And there's another thing to also recognize that sometimes there's things that are happening in people's lives, even, you know, chemically or, you know, or otherwise that are, that makes that you know, nearly impossible or, or impossible. And so I do love that. I even have had conversations with you all and Katya Cahoon and, you know, bringing this in idea of just like the sensitivity to also to mental illness and what these kind of prolonged exposure to fear and trauma does to people. So I love that you guys bring that, incorporate that into joy because so many people in kind of like a touchy feely, you know, world will be like joy. It's just choose it. It's just so easy. It's not it's not so easy. And that's what I love about your message and about this, this willingness to go the long game with people. So let's talk a little bit about that, Debbie. You know, I know the last conversation we had was you talked about this recipe for joy. Well, what does it take to really put things together in your life in a way that will help you begin to find your own path to joy, right? And sometimes seeing it modeled for other people. And I hope that's what I'm giving to the world. I don't want people to have my exact life or I think what I think is funnier, you know, I do have a lot to give, and so i I love to do it. It brings me so much energy, um, but people have to also build it for themselves. So tell me a little bit about that recipe, what it takes for people to really internalize it and build it for themselves
2: Sure, uh, great idea. Let's get that out there for people. <laughs> um, before I go into the recipe, I just want to touch on what you mentioned about you know you could be a joyful person or you could be sitting in a bad place. The research shows us that research that Harvard had done for 100 years, actually, believe it or not, they've been studying this, is that there's com- components to how joy-filled we are innately. So you're born into what you're born into, and, and you don't have any say in that. You don't have control of that. And that actually fills up 40% uh, 40 to 45% of how joy-filled you are when you're born. And then there's this 10% that's circumstantial. Like something has happened to you. You have come into contact with things that have made you very joyful or not at all joyful, and you had some trauma. But that leaves 45% of what you have control over in making yourself a more joyful person. That's a lot. That's almost half of, of everything that you do. You actually have control. So I think one of the things to start with is that we as, as human beings, have some control. Even when you feel you don't, you do have some control on how you can move forward and how you can make your life a more joy-filled life, whatever that looks like. And Priscilla, to your point, it is different for everybody. Everyone needs something different, but what we have come up with, Andrew and I, with a lot of professionals that helped us through this, this is not just the two of us, um, is that there were four main pillars to this recipe. So there's well being. We all need well being. And that, that is um, a physical well being, uh, an emotional, mental well being, and some sort of a spiritual well being. Could be faith, something else, but something spiritual. And then there's belonging, which we already touched on. And that could be community, that could be work, that could be school, that could be church be your group of friends, your family, but we all need community. We need those conferences. That's, that's belonging for me. Going into an in-person conference or a meeting with a group of people, that's a belonging for me. And then of course, there's a positive impact. Um, I think most of us would like to make a positive impact, whether it be on other human beings, on the world, on the planet, Um, that gives purpose. There's real purpose there for us. And then, my favorite, which is fun. We all need some fun. We need to laugh. We need to have a good time. We need to enjoy ourselves because that's what life is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be all hardship. So I think that that, those are the main pillars to what we believe is needed to help us become more joy-filled. And then within those, there are all these superpowers. And I think um, as you learn more about our program and what we offer. I think that's where it gets really exciting is that people find what they need personally as opposed to a cook. It's not a cookie cutter. It doesn't like, here's the program because everyone needs something a little different. Um, There are people who may not need to um, eat better or sleep better. And there are people who that might be very critical. So I think those are the things that we would like to push forward. We feel we have done enough research and spoken to enough professionals to help us to help guide us through this to um see the path that would help us bring more joy to this world.
0: Okay, well let's talk about how you bring that forward. So tell us about like, where do you start with people? How do you get them the awareness that they need to see the issue, to see themselves in the issue, to be evaluate what they need to do. So Andrew, tell us what, what, what the system is like, what have you guys come to a conclusion that is needed in order to just get started on this journey?
1: That's very well. I think, you know, there's, there's obviously awareness, as you said, and then there's inspiration and then there's empowerment. Those are sort of the three tools that we we want to give to people so first of all obviously we want to make them aware of this issue um and that there is a choice we don't have to go down this road of fear and hopelessness there is a there is a road of positivity and optimism and joy is the way to get towards that that other um, mindset that other view on the world what is super important is that when people look at these four core ingredients of the well-being the belonging the positive impacts and the fun um, our research tells us that the first two are fundamental if you don't have a good sense of well-being if you don't have a good sense of belonging you're not really going to have a much uh, fun in your life and you're not going to have any energy t- to have a purpose for anybody else right because you're, you're not feeling well enough inside now what our research showed us very importantly is that some people have the power to start with well-being and to work on themselves alone other people need belonging first right there we found there's almost one in ten people in the us who say they don't have any friends not one friend right those people have no ability to work on themselves until they genuinely belong until they have a buddy somebody who can put an arm around them and say hey you had a, you did good today right so that's just,
0: I'm sorry but that's just like I'm so silent in that it's just like so hard to hear you say that
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know I, I'm, I'm a cultural anthropologist and I'm going to tell you right now you know nothing is going to change about the the need for that human interaction and mm-hmm. how social we are and that that deep need for belonging and purpose and, and yeah. connection that just I mean I guess the only thing I could say in my audience is that you know, if you feel that way, you know, you, you can know, even in that you're not alone, but also, you know, for those people who just think that is just the craziest thing they've heard, you have to remember when you see people during your day, that may very well be the experience of the person that you are talking to and their experience is not yours, but oh, just Andrew, that is so hard. It is incredible.
1: Uh, But the good news is you don't need a million friends. Um, Five is enough. Our research tells us five is a magic number. Um, if you could have five people in your life, if you could call um, in, a, in a moment of need, that's enough. That's enough. And, and this is where authenticity comes in, um, where people take a moment to understand their authentic self. And because if you understand that, you can stop trying to be somebody else and you can try and find your own tribe. Right? You can spend that energy instead of trying to fit in with other people to say, no, this is who I am. And there are other people like me out there and and I'm going to find them. And the Internet is a beautiful thing in today's world, because that can allow you to find people all over the world who might share similar interests, might share similar values. Now, I talk about somebody who loves ballet dancing and train spotting. You know, that's their two things. Right. Um, But they can find another 500 people, another thousand people in the world who have those same two passions and from them probably end up with five friends. You know, so whatever your your weird and wonderful likes, you know, you're likely to find other people in the world who share similar passions to you. So if you can connect with them, that gives you the foundation of which to then work on yourself. So, you know, that's why we built sort of the joy barometer around these top 12 ingredients that, that Debbie talked about, to make it easy for people to evaluate where they are today, what's important to them. Um, are they satisfied with their lives that it is? And as I think Debbie mentioned, are they satisfied with the effort they're putting in? Because this isn't a red pill or a blue pill, you know, this is just a framework at all, but the person, the other side, has to make the work themselves. They have to be willing to say, I want to be different tomorrow. And if they make that statement, then we can help them um, achieve that change.
0: I'm so glad you you said it that way. This is interesting. I I'm, I'm going to have to go for show notes go look up this report. But there was just a study that came out and talked about these apps that, you know, so many of them that are app now from, you know, Buddhify to Calm to um uh, better me, you know, just so many of them that are, are are you know, daily very tiny efforts of uh of meditation or con- self-connection and things like that. And they found in this massive study that there was about a forty percent improvement, anxiety, depression, all these other kinds of things from it, and that actually the use of those apps actually outperformed not only therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy, but also you know the, the antidepressants, actual drugs, and you know, and I'm believe me, I'm, I love therapy. I love cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm all for if you need to get dry. This is why we have this stuff. So I'm certainly not against all those kinds of things, but I do love what you both are saying is that there is a personal effort here. And if the personal effort is get you to the person who can give you the medication, then great. That's your personal effort. But the other effort is like, it's that daily, that daily need to recognizing that you need that connection, that you need to really tap into joy. What is joy for you? There is effort that needs to be done and that you know I hesitate to say in some things but people a lot of times will look at me and my personality type and the life I've chosen and say, oh it's just so easy for you And I think, no, just because I am very joyful and I am very outgoing out these kinds of things, it does not mean that it's easy for me. There are many times it is very difficult for me, but I know how important it is. And I also know that it is a part of how I'm going to achieve the goals I have set for myself. And it's kind of like going to the gym. Of course, everybody wants to look amazing, but you have to, you have to put in that work, right? And we all know what work that is, (laughs) move more, eat less, right? It's not a mystery how we get there, but it's the people who tapped into, but where is my effort? you know, and I, I love that. That's what you're saying. And I don't want to take up the time with this. Cause I really want people to understand what, what system you have. So I'm going to just, I really, really, this is just such a labor of love for me to have you guys on here, but can you get really specific? Let's say people are here. They're feeling like what I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the feels you're getting out. I, I want, I, I want to talk about it more. I want to start these conversations with people. So what can they do? How can they uh, use tap into the knowledge that you all have? And if they're a individual, how can they, make use of it? And if they're running a business and looking at the way that they can bring these kinds of amazing um, conversations to their team, what can they do?
2: Great question. Um, There's many things to do. I think the first one is just acknowledgement. Acknowledge that this is just as important as anything else you might do for yourself or for your team. So if we're we're talking about an, an organization, this would be, you know, some sort of a tool that you would be giving your, your teams to use because it will benefit them personally, which of course benefits the organization and it benefits the world. Let's think really big. I mean, this is something that benefits all of us. Uh, I think the starting point is the fact that this hasn't been labeled as an important piece to our lives. And it is equally if not more important than so many other things that we have to and do take the time to focus on. Um, This is equally as important as going to the gym, Priscilla, as you mentioned. And I do think some of those apps are wonderful. I, I think they are very personalized for you individually in terms of it's you doing them. I think one of the wonderful pieces about what we offer is that we can do this as a group. And I think there is such a benefit to sharing. And I think the more that we share with each other, the the better off we all are. And I think we understand we use empathy and, and we, we learn and we grow individually and then collectively. And that's really where the good stuff happens. So I think personally on an individual level, anyone should reach out to us to see if there's something we can do to guide them and help them on an organizational level. We are very excited about bringing this to different companies, different organizations, and um, working with departments to help them lead their teams into doing this. And I think that that's where we'll make a big difference collectively.
0: You know, when I heard you guys present last I loved you know part of the the just your own personal style comes out in that you guys don't put yourself out here out front. You're like, look, there's a collective body of literature that shows us this. It doesn't have to be our unique idea. Let us just help you find the thing that's right for you and right for your team. And I, it just that humility, just, it goes a long way with me. Um, but one thing that I really thought was very interesting was the way that you used your joy barometer uh, connected with, look, these are the things that we know. This is what the literature tells us along with the last step, which I loved was this, okay, well, here's 52 things that, that we know that make a difference. And so we're going to give you what those are, but we don't have to like give you this. Oh no, this is the only framework that will ever work for anyone. You know, it was like, let me tell you, these are the 52 things that we identified were the most important for living a joyful life. Let me tell you who the thought leader is on this. So if this is something that resonates with you, let us help you get to that right person. Andrew, tell me a little bit more about that because I think it's what, for me, it was like, yes, this is, this makes sense. And it brings the culmination of so much other wisdom together, which is what I think will propel people forward to making a real difference.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, early on, we made a choice to say, we don't want to be the experts in everything. Um, way it's it's way too hard. <laughs> it takes way too much time. And there are already most wonderful experts out there, most wonderful people who are dedicating themselves to what we call specific superpowers. So I, I would always mention the first one we started with, which was Chris Shembra, um, who is known as the gratitude guru um, for USA Today. And so he's just one example of somebody who has dedicated you know, all his energy, all his passion to helping people express gratitude. And he has an amazing inspiration and empowerment tips for people. So we just want to bring that knowledge to the fourth um, through... What we do through the podcast, for example, the Art and Science of Joy podcast, where we bring on these guests to allow them to talk about their their superpowers to us through the game, which we would play at the workshops of helping people explore these 52 superpowers and then dive into their intentions of, hey, yes, you know, I want to choose for this quarter. I want to choose kindness. Um, and I'll say gratitude for the next quarter. Okay, on um, kindness, how do we dive into that? Well, there's Maria Egdington, she's the most wonderful person who could inspire you and empower you to, to do acts of kindness in your life. And by raising up these people, we believe that we can do more than sort of just preaching ourselves on, on what we think it should be, because they have the, they have the knowledge, they have the practical side of it and by working together it's this spirit of collaboration which is another superpower by the way um, the world mm, is that moving. sounds like
0: a really good topic maybe i should write a book about it andrew <laughs> <laughs> go,
1: for it. go for it
0: it'll be here in october don't worry about it <laughs> we can wait until
1: october it's an excellent topic because the world is moving from competition to collaboration whether people want it or not and so if you really want to get ahead on joy think about how you can collaborate with others how you can serve them and they will serve you back and together um, you will raise it so you know that's really what we're trying to do is to bring these these wonderful people along the journey with us. Um, and that will inspire others, we hope.
0: Yeah. And you just gave like this most organic, wonderful plug for my new book, which is called Collaboration is the New Competition. So I appreciate that. And in exchange, let's give you just a, a, a pure, like, thank you so much for your time, because this, this is an important topic. But where can they find you? What's the next step? Let's say someone's like raising their hand. Let me talk with Debbie. Let me talk with Andrew. Where can they find the two of you?
1: good question so professionally they can find us on linkedin um that's always a good place to start um and personally um we have the website theartandscienceofjoy.com um already a massive information on there but it's growing all the time so that's a cool resource the podcast is available on all the major podcast platforms the art and science of joy so that's a fun thing to to listen into um and they can reach us on instagram Um, and Facebook as well. So there's lots of ways and then to connect with us as an initiative, but also connect with us personally Um, because at this stage, we're really interested in connecting with people who share this passion Um, and want to hear their stories and how we can do stuff together. Maybe Debbie could say a bit more about that.
2: I think it would be wonderful to hear from a number of people. We'd love to incorporate whatever we learn from those who are interested in this in, in our initiative that we're trying to push forward, um, because as, I, as, as we've all said, the collaboration piece is what's critical,
0: mm-hmm. and then
2: the sharing piece of our own personal stories is what's going to make this even richer, oh, uh, yeah. and I think that's where we're going to really learn from each other and get to really feel the good, the bad, and the ugly, if you will, of, of what's going on in, in everyone's lives, and how, how do we help each other? Mm-hmm. How do how do we uplift each other um, to make this just a better place? Mm. Um, one of the things that, and I'd just like to quickly, Andrew, you may want to chime in, mention is that we're we're very passionate about mental health and emotional well being, and um, Andrew has developed this wonderful game for children, uh, the EQ Joy Game, which we are also uh, just finished testing and hoping to go into production. And that's uh, going to be a nonprofit piece of the business that we would like to just give to the world. I love Uh, it. We do feel that if we could get the children feeling really emotionally healthy in terms of, you know, at the young age of five to 10 and understanding how to deal with emotions, that as they grow, we're gonna have just a a more joy-filled group of people in this world. And um, we may actually turn some things around.
0: I love it. Uh, Yeah. And I got a little bit of a sneak peek of some of that game. So I felt very uh, honored, but I'm going to put all of those things in the show notes. Please go take a look at the show notes, do the automatic link. It'll just help you not have to go scramble to find it. But And then there's that moment where you go, oh, that was great. That podcast was great. Help me think about this. No, now stop. What's your next action? Where's your effort? Debbie and Andrew, thanks so much for joining us here on Ponderings from the Purge. This has been a wonderful conversation. Please don't let it stop here. Everyone keep having those conversations. Thanks.
1: Thank you, so yeah, Thank you from... for having us. A hundred
0: percent. And anytime you're always welcome here. And from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, thanks for listening. Have a great day and happy marketing.